Alive and Kicking is brought to you in association with PartyPoker.com. Sign up now using the bonus code AK90s and PartyPoker will match your initial deposit. Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. The podcast that's more 90s than the Britpop battle between Rub With It and Country House. My name's Ash Rose and I've been put in charge of this walk down memory lane in a decade that we like to say changed football. And today we're talking League Cup finals because it's second round week in 2015. We thought we'd have a look back at some League Cup finals of the 90s because some had some quite memorable moments uh, of League Cups in general and the 90s and eight different winners across the 10 years. We'll also be talking to someone on the phone who has scored a winner in a League Cup final and a, and a great interview, Mr Nigel Jensen, later on. Before I introduce today's guest, I just want to say uh, another big thank you to anyone who's listened or downloaded last week's pods. We're having a great response to the pod at the moment, so long may it continue. Um, we are finding ourselves running out of time quite quickly, as you can imagine, the, the amount of stuff there is to talk about and the amount of tangents we keep going on. Um, last week, uh, with the kit pod, we, uh, we didn't even talk about the whole Tiger kit, which we wanted to talk about, and, and the Norwich kit as well. So at some point, uh, in the season we'll probably do a second kit uh, podcast so we can talk about the ones that didn't get quite the, the uh, attention they should have and we'll try and get um, John and the boys back on um, but in the meantime you can of course follow us on Twitter at AK90s or, or Facebook forward slash AK90s uh, AK90 sorry and drop us a comment or and just tweet us some pictures we love seeing the uh, the merchandise the shirts uh, sticker albums collectibles those Corinthian figures which we'll talk about at some point just tweet them and Facebook them we love seeing them but on to tonight's guests, and we are talking League Cup and League Cup finals, and representing the end of the decade, um, from Rule the Roost podcast, a, a great Tottenham podcast, if you're a Tottenham fan, do give it a listen. Uh, sometimes better known on Twitter as a Ted Trunk, is that how you say it? Yeah, I think, yeah. You, can you might that explain way. that a bit later, but Spurs fan Jack Hussey, good evening. Good evening, Ash, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, next to, well, next to me, actually, not next to him, but a man who spent most of his, uh, especially for your days, writing about the, the teams in London, don't you? But is a Villa fan and saw two wins, uh, League Cup wins in the 90s from West London Sport, Andrew Rayburn. Good, Good evening. evening, Ash. And we, finally, we were supposed to have a, a Sheffield Wednesday connection on to talk 1991. However, he, he sadly couldn't make it. So we've had to pull out our own super sub, our own Oli Gunnar Solskjaer to replace him. Unfortunately, his team weren't as effective as Oli in the 90s. But we're consistently continuing that on, Ash. You know? that's, that's what I like to hear. Um, and he's got a more neutral view from, from this man, I think. So I like to call him the West Kent Teacher of the Year and all-round 90s guru, Millwall fan Rob Gallagher. Good evening. Good evening, guys. Right, before we get on to, to leak up and speak to Nigel, um, what I like to do, as we all know by now, is the 90s football CV. So I'm looking straight across at Jack, so I'm going to start with you. Um, sum up the 90s for, for Tottenham Hotspur. I would probably say... Who okayed Pony as a kit maker? <laughs> no, like, we were going to start on kits early on. That's, that's some good ones. The purple ones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't, don't get me wrong in design, <laughs> but I mean, you know, come on. It's, it's, it's easy fodder for the Arsenal fans, that. To, and Chelsea, but yeah. they didn't really have They did Southampton and West Ham's as well, in fairness, though. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess. But so it's a good probably, way to sum it up. Yeah, probably a way to sum it kind of, I think a lot of Spurs fans look back to the 90s as being like this barren kind of wasteland that was just complete misery but when you actually well I was thinking about before this show I was looking back at the 90s I was thinking it's actually pretty decent for Mm. Spurs to be honest FA Cup League Cup it's not bad yeah big songs Jürgen Klinsmann yeah Yeah. Yeah. Jürgen Klinsmann the famous five yeah exactly so 
are one of those famous five your, your favourite club player from the 90s yeah Teddy's just got to be Teddy Sheridan I think that's, that's, that pretty much sums up Spurs in the 90s for me he was that kind of mercurial talent that a lot of people kind of you know lots of other people liked him he was decent enough he was never you know he was never really quite up there but he was close knocking on the door and I think that's sort of Summed up Spurs pretty nicely, really. Oh, he had a good 90s himself, didn't he? What, yeah, with, well, yeah. After, with England. After he left Spurs. After he left yeah, Spurs. Yeah, yeah. Although he did miss a debut, uh, miss a penalty against Spurs on his he debut, did. if I remember rightly. I think we talked about yeah. that on, on week one. And best 90s player overall for you? Oh, I don't know. There's, there's quite a few. I think the one that just sticks out, like, naturally is probably the, the real Ronaldo. Fat um, Ronaldo. It's the I first time, say. you know, it's the first time we've had him. Uh, and, and I'm surprised because... I mean, he was phenomenal in the, no. in the late 90s, wasn't yeah. he? I mean, it, that's, that's why I was kind of thinking, does he, does he technically fall under a 90s player? But I, I think... I think, well, okay, 98 is, yeah, is exactly. probably his, his peak, I, I'd say, yeah. 98. And, you know, withstanding what happened in the final, he, he, re- he owned that World Cup. Yeah, he did. And, you know, he was just... He was, he was immense, wasn't he? He was, really. definitely. One of the, probably one of the best strikers we've ever seen. Um, over to the Villa then. Um, sum up the Villa in, in the 90s. Oh, he's wearing a Villa kit. Ah, oh, and a white kit as well. Yeah, yeah that was... Thought, um, I'd, thought I'd get the, the, the best Villa shirt of the 90s on. Um, yeah, Colin, the, Colin wore that, didn't he? Um, no, a little bit later. A little bit later? A little bit later than that one, I think. Uh, oh, no, maybe he did. No, he probably did, actually. We'll tweet a picture yeah. of this yeah, uh, no, Villa kit. Yeah, because he would have been around in the... Um, yeah, and... Um, Villa, I think, probably best summed up as the best of the rest, really, in, 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 the, in the 90s. We were always sort of there or thereabouts, more, more so than we are now. Um, and sort of top six finishes on a relatively regular basis, although we did have a couple of awful seasons, um, uh, sort of early to mid-90s, where we flirted with relegation a couple of times. But, um, yeah, sort of top six finishes, League Cup wins. It was always, and ever since now, whenever there's been any season previews that you read... Um, it's always like you know Villa are mentioned as the possible League Cup winners because mm. it's just we're just an afterthought. We're just like oh yeah, <laughs> the top four or five aren't going to take it seriously. Who's going to oh yeah, it'll be Villa because they're like the best of the rest, aren't they? Um, okay, the last few years we haven't been, but certainly in the nineties and bleeding out into the early two thousands, that was kind of our role. But uh, I miss it. I miss I miss home games that we were almost certain to win because mm. now we're not certain to win anything on any given Saturday. So um, I just, I, yeah, I, I miss the days where we could turn up and beat Southampton 3-0, as we seem to do on a regular basis. Absolutely. I, the only other Villa kit, well, I'm going to talk about kits as I always do, is the one with the laces. I love that. I was going to mention bring, that. Yeah, yeah, hashtag bring back the laces. Uh, best <laughs> club player then um, of the 90s for you guys? Uh, um, uh, despite the way it ended, um, it's got to be Dwight York for me. Mm. Um, the, the, the two League Cup final teams, which we'll talk about in a moment, um, they kind of represent... a. Um, different uh, different sort of eras really the 94 era you've got Dean Saunders and, and, and Sean Teal and Dalian Atkinson and those sort of players um, Kevin Richardson and then only a couple of years later and it suddenly becomes York Savo Milosevic Ugo Echior Gareth Southgate Mark Drapery and Taylor um, but you know York just scored so many goals um, at one point I think in one season he was the well presumably before he moved to United he was the um, certainly the I think second Premier League top mm. scorer behind Shearer one year um, you could just rely on him to, yeah. to, to, to pop up with goals not always spectacular but just a finisher yeah just a finisher it um, showed you don't you know that Man United team that he later played for you know they were one of the best Man United teams of the generation and you know you, you have no mug to play in that team do you 
So Dwight York, absolutely fantastic. And best 90s player overall? Um, well, I know uh, from listening to the first few uh, pods that the uh, the name Eric Cantona crops up. But, it's one of two, yeah. Um, but for me, I mean, you've got your different types of players, haven't you? Obviously, people will mention Roy Keane if they're that sort of, you know, you want to see that sort of commitment and that sort of longevity over the decade. Um, just dominated the decade. But uh, someone like Matt Letizia, for me, mm. sums up the free spirit of the 90s. Yeah. Um, where everything was changing, um, and he just got he, he if he was fitter and um, more mobile and less uh, wedded to the south coast, yeah, he could have made something really special of himself. And even then, he was pretty good. He was, yeah. um, you know, and so um, you know, he carried Southampton for for a little bit and uh, scored some spectacular goals. You remember the spectacular goals, the but, he, but goal he, yeah, um, but he yeah. did, but he did, you know, he he, he was capable of uh, of doing anything I mean from a Villa point of view you know someone like Paul Merson was very similar as mm. well yeah um, obviously Arsenal got his best days but uh, yeah so good choice good choice and I have to say that's the only time I've seen Gabe producer nod when it wasn't Arsenal was at Matt Letizia so that must say a lot and then lastly this will be a, a different take we had Bristol Rovers last week which also I like seeing Ooh. some of the lesser no offence to, to these guys but they were you know 90s weren't in the Premier League so we like to, to see neither will QPR on the late so I'll fully admit that so sum up the 90s for, for Millwall Mr Gallagher well obviously it didn't start so well because we come down from the old first and then uh, you know going into as the years went on we were knocking on the door of the Premier League Teddy Sheridan 38 league goals in the season we had in Division 2 which was good obviously he got sold to Forest and then the team started to fall apart but be re- rebuilt again under McCarthy we had some good cup runs uh, Windsor White Forest Everton played Arsenal Chelsea. Who knocked you out that uh, Some season. small provincial West London side <laughs> knocked us out. I don't know. Who. I had to mention it. Sorry, carry on. Um, dodgy handball. <laughs> um, you know, and then obviously faced with liquidation, you know, the club was, I don't know, maybe allegedly mismanaged. Mm. And, uh, you know, we could have gone out of business, which would have been a shame, not for the rest of football, but for the four people who follow us in my family, definitely. And, you know, but towards the end, there's just immense hope because we had some fantastic players coming through Stephen Reid Tim mm. Cahill Neil Harris um, Paul Eiffel to name a few Richard Sadlier yeah. unfortunately um, retired from injury but you know we, we started to grow something so it was a real mixed bag mixed bag yeah best club player of the 90s then um, I thought about this so many you could have Sheridan at the start you could have Alex Raves fantastic player Alex Ray, yeah. but it's got to be for me it's got to be Keith Stevens because Rhino Rhino <laughs> Rhino would put his head where most people wouldn't put their feet yeah. and you know epitomise the spirit of the club um, not the best player not the you know well a bit of a workhorse really mm. and, you know that's yeah. it and that epitomises the middle spirits so yeah. I wonder what he's doing now. We have to get him on the pod. He'd be a good chat to, to Keith Stevens. Best 90s player overall, then. Oh, it's so hot. Has anyone mentioned Dally Dyer? <laughs> no, they haven't. It was his birthday in midweek, though. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, so happy birthday to that one game appearance for Southampton. Again. Yeah, George Weir's alleged cousin. But go on, he didn't play for Millwall, but best 90s player? George Weir. George Weir. Fantastic player. Absolute, you know, feet, skills, all the attributes. Um... What, what more can yeah. you say? I always you know? remember that goal George Weir scored because this will be on Football Italia with um, James Richardson oh. sitting outside a lovely Italian cafe with Gazzetta Lo Dulla Sport. Um, I said that quite nicely in the accent. Yeah? Um, and that goal he scored, I think it was his own half. He took it from his own half. Pretty much, I can't remember who it was against, but it was literally from the corner of their penalty area and just went the whole way, skipped past a few and spanked it in. And that was a George Weir. It was such Fantastic. a shame that we saw him in the Premier League towards the end of his career. I mean, he played for City and Chelsea, didn't he? But he wasn't the George Weir. And he was probably that first African footballer, you know, the big. Big, strong that we saw in the in the in well in world football, wasn't he? Definitely. I mean, I think the performances that he put in, the commitment, the skills, and you know, 
I don't even think he knew what he was doing. So the <laughs> defenders had no chance. Absolutely, probably, absolutely. Probably not talked about as much as he deserves. No, no yeah, because he, he won World Player of the Year yeah. as well. So it's, it's, he was definitely someone who was in, of that decade, one of the best at, at the time. So yeah, no, it's a great shout, George Weir. Um, and shame he never played for Mill. That would have been a interesting mix <laughs> but we're going on tonight's subject um, before we talk particular uh, giggling at the start of uh, Millwall and George Weir uh, <laughs> the particular League Cup finals we're going to look uh, just a general question to the guys here um, about the perception of the League Cup because we're in 2015 I think it's fair to say although in the last few seasons it's changed slightly but it's not seen I think in the 90s for, I mean for me personally as well I mean, for guys that won teams that won it it, was, it seems a big deal wasn't it Oh, God, yeah, Aston Villa fans love the League Cup. Mm. It's about our only chance of winning anything. No, um, yeah, uh, it, it was made a big, bigger deal of in the 90s, um, uh, I guess because... Um, the, you know, the, it was it was everybody took every game seriously, and the, you know there were smaller squads then anyway, so you, there was no you know you didn't rotate or anything mm. else. The the mental thing about the League Cup back then, when you think about the number of people complaining about the number of games now, is the second round being over two legs. Yeah, it was. Yeah, um, and I mean I remember us spanking Peterborough um, something like six nil on the way to one of our maybe seven one or something on the way to one of our uh, League Cup triumphs, and. I actually, it was six 0 and then we drew the second leg one all because we weren't quite sure how to approach the second leg <laughs> when leading six 0 It seemed like a complete and utter waste of time to turn up and try and yeah, beat the side yeah. again. Um, I think we probably had the players' mums starting on that day. I don't know, but it, it just it, and it just it was just a pointless exercise. We just I mean, Peterborough didn't want to play. <laughs> we didn't just got play. Bright Little playing himself. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but then the, I, mean, it's, I think it's the same that now that when you get to the latter stages, people do start to say, "Come on, let's go and win it." Um, and I was at the um, last League Cup final, this year's League Cup final, and you know, Chelsea and Tottenham wanted to win that game. Um, they may not have necessarily wanted to have got as far, mm. <laughs> but they wanted to win that game. And certainly, you know, you look at the, the, the performances Villa put in in the two League Cup finals. Um, you know, they were they were fantastic team performances. The lead side that we played in '96 wasn't didn't really turn up, um, but the Manchester United side in '94 was going for yeah, the treble. Um, and it, you know, Villa really wanted it. Mm. Um, uh, so yeah, it's it's it's. I think it. it, it what it, where its place is now, I'm not entirely sure, but certainly in the 90s, yeah, everybody wanted it's a big to. Deal. Even in 99, I mean, for Spurs, I mean, you know, there was, it wasn't what a classic final, which we'll talk more about it later, but it was a trophy that, that people wanted to win. It's a trip to Wembley. I mean, I'm a big advocate of not playing the FA Cup so many finals in these days at Wembley, but that back then it was only one of your only two chances, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was brilliant. It was a. <laughs> It was it was one of our only like you know shining lights in the nineties. Like I know I say that people said it was a pretty miserable time for Spurs, and that that was the kind of thing that still it sticks out now, even now that you know it's a date like you say it's a trip to Wembley and it's it's silverware. And I think that's something how you're talking about the perception of it now that is still un, you know is still overlooked massively that people people don't really put as much into winning silverware really anymore. Um, mm. And this is I guess this is a point of much kind of consternation between supporters of the same clubs you'll, you'll see Spurs fans fall into two camps of like we should really be you know pushing for top four mm. we should be doing this and you'll have some people come back and say well it's, it's not actually success finishing in the top four yeah okay or whatever it get, gives us money you get to play in Champions League but what we're going to do in the Champions League really overall yeah. but yeah. whereas winning a cup still is 
So that's your place in history, isn't it? Mm. So, well, it's that old fables. When you're old and you're, if you're a footballer and you show your grandkids, what would you like to show them? A table that, that you're fourth place or, or, or a cup medal, which I think everyone you know in the game should want a cup medal. And, and for teams you know like Millwall and, and like QPR back, especially the end of the decade, it was it was always good to play teams which test ourselves and and and. Get a giant, you know, you did it in the FA Cup, but it was always the League Cup as well. You'd always look forward to the draw, wouldn't you? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Bigger teams and get get a night out away somewhere, or have a big team down at the Den. And you know, there's something about playing cup football midweek. It's fantastic under the floodlights. Dark. There's a special sort of atmosphere there, and you don't always get that every Saturday. I mean, you definitely don't get it down at Millwall, but you know, if you get a big team down there, you certainly do, and it's fantastic. You know, um, we had some big nights. We got the quarterfinals in, I think, '94, '95, and Fjordtoft for Swindon just absolutely tore us apart. Um, but you know. I was looking at the goals today from a lot of the cup finals. You can't tell me that that cup didn't matter because if you have a look at the way that the fans are celebrating and you look at the pure elation that's on the players' faces as they're scoring and collecting their, their, their trophies and their medals and things, they're loving it. You know, it's, it's cup football. Brilliant. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, really, when you look at it just a few years ago and Spurs beat Chelsea in the final... Um, and you saw the way, like you know, you, you had a couple of our players, like Ledley King, Robbie Keane, two like big Spurs stalwarts in the in the noughties, if you like, who hadn't won anything, and they, they're probably their talents deserved a lot more than they did win over the course of their careers, debatably. Um, but you, you could see just a look on their faces, in particular, when they won that when they won that trophy. It was. You know, it meant everything to them. Definitely. So, yeah. I think the other the other thing, of course, about it is it's, it's a route into Europe for for teams that may sense that they're not going to do it through the you know. And that's the other thing about the nineties. You finish fourth. I don't think you're even guaranteed no. a European spot at was, that well, stage. Well, um, Norwich finished in they third in the first season of the Premier League, and then the following season they did their famous UEFA, and that was the UEFA Cup. It yeah. wasn't Champions League. It was literally the Champions League yeah. back in the nineties. Yeah. Um, and even when they stretched it out um, in the mid nineties, you know, you, I mean, I remember when Villa were top of the league for a little while, um, late nineties, and fell away. Um, we, you know, we were worried that we might finish sixth and not be in contention for, you know, for, for Europe. So, uh, you know, if you you had only sort of four or five teams that could get into Europe at most, um, and so, you know, yeah, winning it was a chance to to then get into the UEFA Cup and and try and try and do something there and, and, and like build Jeremy your, did. Build, yeah, build your profile. Have a night like uh, like Phil King did against uh, Inter Milan. Absolutely. The absolutely. Um, one guy who did exactly that, and we're going to speak to him now, um, who scored the winner in the 1990 uh, League Cup final, uh, Nigel Jensen, and he's on the phone. Nigel, welcome to Alive and Kick In. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Nice to speak to you. And you, yes. Uh, we're talking League Cup finals tonight's show. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but just tell us what it was like to growing up as a youngster at Nine Forest and with that team and under the legend that is Brian Clough. Well, to be honest, um, I, I didn't grow up as, as a Nottingham lad. I'm originally from Preston, so um, you know I did my um, you know uh, beginning at uh, Preston North End uh, as a, a YTS for two years. Uh, managed to earn myself a pro contract, stayed there for a year. Then Brian Clough rang me up and uh, asked me if I wanted to come and join him for 250 grand, which uh, obviously I jumped at the chance and turned Manchester United down for it. And, and what was, I mean, obviously he's one of the greats, and, and even then, like, coming towards the end of his time at Forest, what was he like to play under? Well, I mean, uh, you know, he's, he's by far my best manager I've played under, uh, but uh, the aura he had about him and uh, the way he was was. It was unbelievable, and uh, yeah, I count myself a very fortunate and lucky man that um, I played under him. Um, you know, lots of people have uh, said how good he was throughout the years, and um, yeah, I understand the reason why he was, and um, 
a successful manager and, uh, you know, it was um, a pleasure to play for him. Have you got any stories you can remember from him, some that, that stick out from, from what he was like? Uh, well, there's lots of different memories, uh, you know, some good, some bad. Uh, I can remember once they punched me in the stomach for putting the ball behind the back of the goal. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, no, the, the, like I said, you know, we, people thought that, uh, you know, we didn't get on. Uh, we did get on and uh, I was just um, a young lad coming into a, a very successful team and um, had success for a young age and uh, he just tried to keep my feet on the floor and um, be someone that obviously I respected and, um, you know, I had four great years there. Um, you know, Nottingham Forest is the, the club close to my heart. Uh, I coached in the academy there with them 15s and uh, my eldest son Charlie's uh, just started a two-year scholarship with them. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's a fantastic football club. Brilliant. And that team, you mentioned it was great at the time. What players can you pick out that, that you, you liked playing with in that Forest team? There's lots of things, sorry. There was lots of players and it was a great Forest team at that time. I mean, what, what, sort, what sort of players are, do you remember playing with and, and what they were like? Yeah, some fantastic players there. You know, you look at the likes of Des Walker, who's played, you know, HR times for England, possibly. Stuart Pearce, legend as he is. Um, Nigel Clough was there, Roy Keane was there. Um, you know, Gary Parker. You, you're surrounded by fantastic players who, who played football the correct way. Um, and uh, I thought I enjoyed my time there. Um, you know, obviously, in hindsight, I went to Sheffield Wednesday. You know, was it the right move? Possibly not, but obviously, I don't. Um, regret going to Sheffield Wednesday. It just wasn't uh, uh, successful as I liked it to have been. Mm. Going to the to the cup final, then what do you remember about the build up to, to the 1990 final? Is it was it, was it a massive uh, sort of preparation going into that game? <laughs> Not very low key to be honest. It was uh, Brian Cup was uh, typical like that. You know, he um, it was the same you know ritual for many home games down in London. You know, we we came um, to the ground. Um, we we went down uh, after a meal at uh, Antonio's and travelled down the coast. Stayed uh, in a, a an ordinary hotel just off the M25, I think it was M1, um, and went down uh, as normal. Um, mm. Obviously got got on the pitch and uh, was raring to go. And um, you know we we played the game, obviously winning the win the cup. Uh, came back and. You know, we all went in our separate ways, but he, he had us in the next morning and, and decided to run us as, uh, <laughs> uh, as a bit of a punishment for winning, I think. Oh, brilliant. Typical Brian Clough. And the game itself, I mean, I remember it being quite a tight game. Obviously, you got the winner in the one there. What was it like, I mean, to, to see that go in the back of the net and, and to score at Wembley? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it wasn't probably the cup final. It was Nottingham versus Oldham, who'd done fantastically very well to, to get there. So it wasn't exactly uh, a classic, but um, you know you can only be as good as what you uh, put in front of you. And Oldham uh, put up a really good fight. Um, it was actually a typical unforest goal, really. It came from a goal kick, you know, and uh, Steve Sutton kicked it. I flicked it onto Nigel. Um, he got hold of it, turned it, and, and you know I uh, ran past him, and, and he played me a through ball, clean through, and a bit disappointed I didn't put it in first time. You know, I tried to bend it around the goalkeeper, and he made a great save, and he just fell to my feet and uh, managed to knock it into an empty goal right in front of the Forest fans and uh, you know the feeling was immense and uh, you know something that um, you know un- until you've done it you can't really describe you know I've got two boys that you know you try and tell them but you know you had you pass it on you can't really but mm. um, it'll live with me till the day I die and um, a very proud man. Mm. Do you think the League Cup back then was a much more bigger deal than it is sort of more in modern day football? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, um, it was a, a trip to Wembley and it was a silverware that everyone wanted to win. Uh, everyone put the, the best teams out. There wasn't this squad rotation that there is nowadays. Um, I do think that over the years it's been devalued a little bit, but I think actually now teams are, are starting to go back again to, to wanting to win it because it is a... Um, you know, a piece of subway, you know, you, you tell me that Brendan Rodgers doesn't want to win that, you know, he yeah. doesn't want to win it, you know, so, you know, maybe um, the likes of, uh, you know, Manchester United, but, uh, you know, I can remember a few years ago when they were struggling and, and you know, they weren't going to win the league or the FA Cup or the Champions League and, you know, they they, uh, they played Manchester City, I think, in the semi-final and they put yeah. the full squad out, you know, so that was a trophy they won it that year and, and no one told me that, you know, they, they devalued it then, they, they wanted to win that tournament, so, Yes, it's um, it's it's still a big you know league cup at the end of the day, and um, you know I'm very proud to 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 have scored and and to have uh, won the trophy, and um, you know, I look back at it with uh, fond memories. Absolutely, and just quickly then, and you, you mentioned Chef Wednesday didn't quite work out, you but did you play with some great players there too? What, what you, have, you must have some good memories of of, of Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a massive club, uh, fantastic fan base. Uh, at the time, um, yeah, I thought I was going to. Uh, the McCreary's talked about me, you know, obviously playing for the full England squad. You know, I started the season off fantastically well. I think I was top score, top goal scorer in the Premier League. Um, you know, I thought it was the right move, you know, to play at fun with David Hurst, who I think, to be honest, take his injuries out, would have, would have been a top, top Yeah, striker. underrated, really, David Hurst, wasn't he? Well, I don't think he was underrated. I just think that, uh, you know, his, his career was, you know, played by, obviously, a few mm. bad injuries. And... Uh, you know, on his day, he was better than anybody. You know, he was fantastic. And you know, everyone remembers Shearer, and I played with it, uh, Alan Shearer for the under 21s. Um, but David is as good as he was. Uh, well, you know, he, he had a terrific left foot. He was aggressive. He was, and what a lovely fella. And you know, people like him, Chris Waddle, John Sheridan, mm. Chris Woods, Carl Palmer. You know, again, you look at that dressing room that I played in. I was uh, very fortunate to play with some absolute stars. And um, you know, I've had a fantastic career. Um, you know, maybe the, the uh, move didn't work out as well as possible. Um, I did have a bad car crash which sent me back a bit, but um, you know, you don't have, you know, you don't have too many regrets in football. I managed to play for 20 years, and uh, now I've scored a win in a cup final representing my country. So it's a it's a career that I'm um, very proud of, and um, you know, I, I played over you know probably 500 league and cup games and scored over 100 league goals. So yeah, I'm delighted with it, and uh, you know, I pass that on to my boys all the time, and. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, one of those, if not both, uh, can maybe follow my footsteps and be even better than I was. Brilliant. Well, you we should be very proud of it. And, and once again, well done for the cup final. And hopefully we'll see your boys playing and, and carrying the Jensen name on. That would be lovely. Brilliant. Thank you very much for your okay, time, no Nigel. Okay, no problem. Cheers, yeah, out. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was Nigel Jensen there, who scored the, the winner in the 1990 uh, League Cup final, which was called the Littlewoods Challenge Cup then. Um, so it's, it had a few names over the 90s. Do we remember... The other names the cup had in the 90s? Rumbelows. Rumbelows was next, correct, next? Coca-Cola. Yes, we're almost there, and Worthington. Yes, that's it, 90s perfection. What I always remember as well about Coca-Cola especially was the the advert they used to do uh, in the newspapers before the final where they have the two Coke cans decked out in the the club colours wherever they were playing. I always remember the the Aston Villa Man United year because Man United were in that Newton Heat half and to see a Coke can that was kind of yellow and green was really bizarre and even a claret and blue one was really bizarre I've got some the pictures are actually in my book and we'll, we'll tweet them later it was one of the great adverts of, of the 90s but just looking back at some of the cup finals we, we spoke to Nigel there about the Nottingham Forest win in 1990 and he shared some great memories of that and, and of Brian Clough the following year Sheffield Wednesday 
Uh, they beat Man United 1-0 with a goal from John Sherrington and had Asda as their sponsor. Classic, absolute. Uh, following May United got the revenge last year when uh, a win over Nottingham Forest from Brian McClare and uh, scored that goal in that uh, very memorable Adidas blue kit that we talked about on, on last week's pod. And then I'm going to stop on 1993, not particularly for the game, and we'll get a neutral view of this because it's uh, Arsenal 2, Sheffield Wednesday 1. Paul Merson did the famous drinking celebration, but the celebration after the game of a one Steve Morrow who thought it would be a great idea to be carried around by Tony Adams on the pitch just after 100, I think it was after extra time, wasn't it? 120 minutes, so, you know, a, a very tired Tony Adams. He fell and broke his arm. Yeah, I, think, I, I don't necessarily think it was Steve Morrow's idea. I think it might be Tony Adams' <laughs> yeah. idea that, it was, that, it th- that it thought it was a good idea to carry him around the pitch. Um, yeah, and that, yeah, and uh, didn't he do? He did something to his collarbone as mm. well, I think. And it, I don't know, I don't know how, what the conversation was like afterwards. Um, one thing I do remember from that year um, is that Arsenal beat Wednesday in both cup finals. They did, yeah, two um, one. I think the FA certainly the FA Cup final went to a replay in extra time. Um, Andy, Andy Linnigan scoring the, yeah, the winning goal because right the yeah, right. they scored the first goal. Yeah. Wednesday took off. Wednesday took off Roland Nielsen because they, they thought it was going to go to penalties, mm. and so they th- threw on another striker, and then Linnigan headed the ball where Nielsen would have been standing on the goal line. So that was a bit of a cock up. The League Cup final, I must admit, I don't recall a great deal that year. I remember reason. John Hart scoring because I used to have. I used to like American football players just because it was so unusual for Americans to be playing soccer. And I was obsessed with Roy Wegley as a kid. So I remember John Hart scoring because he, he was part of that team as well. But yeah, the, the Morrow thing always stands out for me. Do, what do you remember about it, Rob? I just remember as a child watching it and being absolutely shocked at the stupidity of it. I was 10 years old and I can remember thinking, I wouldn't do that in the playground and I definitely wouldn't want, you know, Tony Adams picking me up like that. I mean, I think as has been sort of nodded to already, the conversation in the dressing room after that must have been absolutely spectacular. Where's your winner's medal? I haven't got it. Yeah. yeah. It was the sight of him. Then, didn't they go to the hospital afterwards and, and present him with the trophy, if I remember rightly? Something like that, I think. Or uh, That might be Gary Mabber, isn't it? I that think. definitely did it for Gaza in the, in the 91, didn't they? Yeah, I think yeah. Morrow had... Oh, he came to the yeah. FA Cup final in a sling. I remember that. And he got well. presented the medal there. Yeah, yeah, he got his medal. He was the only one who got a medal in the first game, wasn't he? So I won't talk... Arsenal too much with you there, Jack, because it's not fair. Uh, moving on. I was going to say, you were asking for a neutral. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'll come on to neutral feeling on that. Next season, we're going back to Andrew because it was the game he's, we've already briefly mentioned, which was Aston Villa 3, a very, very good, as we've mentioned already, a Man United team going for the treble one. Uh, goals from Dalian Atkinson and Dean Saunders. That was, a, that was a Villa team that pushed United to the, trof- uh, to the title the season before, wasn't it? Um, yeah, in the, in the first, first Premier League, 92-3. It was a good final as well, it was, wasn't it? It was Man United, Villa and Norwich, bizarrely. Yeah, um, yeah it was a good final. Um, we were sort of helped in the lead-up to it because Peter Schmeichel got sent off in a league game. Mm. And, um, Les Seeley, the late, Seeley. great Les Seeley. Yeah. Um, played um, and he, well, I mean, he wasn't at fault for any of the goals, but of course, Schmeichel had even then had that aura, um, you know. And if you if if you were a striker bearing down on goal, uh, as Dalian Atkinson was uh, for the first goal, and Peter Schmeichel spreads himself, you were uh, a little bit put off. But um, yeah, and we just we we played very very well. I can remember it very clearly. Um, again, also helped by Andre Kanchelskis handling on the goal line. By that stage, we you know we were two one up. United got themselves back into the game, but um, yeah. So Dean Dino Dean Saunders, my first footballing hero, <laughs> um, had the misfortune of interviewing him once when he was manager of Wrexham after they just lost a game um, at Eastbourne Borough. So um, he wasn't very best pleased oh, well. then. But remember um, the good times. Remember the good times. Uh, Daly and Atkinson and under always sort of underrated that goal this season he scored against Wimbledon. I think in the absolutely uh, yeah. Was underrated, Daly and Atkinson. Absolutely and. and 
and and um, young uh, I think it was that game rather than 96 yeah 94 young Graham Fenton as well who was thrown in Black, you went to Blackburn um, yeah, yeah yeah I think he was thrown in uh, you know right at the deep end for a, for a player who wasn't that experienced so he, he did quite well and you stopped him doing the treble didn't you as well yeah. with domestic treble yeah. at least yeah, yeah they won they beat Chelsea in the FA Cup final absolutely yeah well great memories there um, do you remember that game I mean, I mean for I suppose for fans of that era we all Man United were the team weren't they that we didn't want to win because they were dominant like Liverpool were in the 80s Man United just began then dominance and I think we all as neutral supported Villa I think it's fair to say in that final definitely but I think at the same time you've got to appreciate that the team that Man United was starting to form there were absolutely you know coming from fantastic and as we said you know what a fantastic result for Villa you know Daly and Atkinson as we were saying massively underrated really good finish for the first goal um, I think by the time Cancelsi's got sent off, what was that, 90th minute or mm. something? Yeah, it's game over, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think what stands out for me as well, when, the, when you kind of look back at the 90s and you look at a team like Villa, I think it, 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 it's almost kind of burnt into me a little bit now that I still kind of like, I still see Villa as being like that kind of like massive club in a mm. way. that it, they're Not to say they're not, no offence or anything, but it's, it's just, it's more so they're still always that team that carries that like subconscious threat to me because of... What a big side they were, you know. They came second, like you say, in the in the inaugural Premier League season, and but, they, you know, won the league yeah, cup. Yeah, I think you know, know. I think I think obviously as well. The, you know, it's only the last four years or so that we've been sort of down 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 at heel. So uh, you know, we had top six finishes under Martin O'Neill and stuff. So yeah, I think I say we're best of the. It's always kind of the best of the rest. You get the top four or five out of the way, and then you start to look at us, Everton, and other teams, and go, yeah, well, they could do something if they put their mind to it. Yeah, we'll, stick, we'll go back to Villa slightly in a minute. Just in between Villa's two wins was the 95 final where Liverpool beat Bolton 2-1. I remember Steve McManaman having an absolute blinder Fantastic that play. day as well. The young Alan Thompson scoring for Bolton. But we, we, won't too, we won't go too much Villa again. But again, the next 1996, that final, completely different where, as you said earlier, and a Leeds fan on Twitter actually said to me earlier, uh, Vic Sagner, who will no doubt be on the pod later in the season, that his team didn't turn up and Thomas Brolin, the, the new big signing that Leeds was sitting on the bench and they started Andy Gray instead. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not the Sky Pundit for those. No, no, no. no an ex Villa player. No. Um, yeah, yeah. And and you're right. They 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 didn't turn up. Um, it was a little bit more comfortable. Um, and it was again. It was a slight, it was a different Villa team, despite the fact that I mean there are a few survivors in there. But uh, you know Paul McGrath notably, but Mark Bosnich, but a new team. And you know under a different manager two years later, and we won the. Won the uh, won the cup uh, the league cup again, so I think it was just partly a, a getting into a tradition that we thought, and then nearly twenty years later, we've not won anything since. I'm going to go back to Brolin just because I love talking about Thomas Brolin because he was such a a '90s kind of staple hold that didn't really work out for Leeds, um, and later on was mocked for for being overweight. But do you remember? When, I remember when Thomas Brolin. It was such a massive deal when Thomas Brolin signed for Leeds, wasn't it? He performed so well against England, didn't he? In Euro '92, you know, and he he burst onto the scene. And unfortunately, by the time he finished his time in England, he was bursting out of his trousers at Crystal Palace. <laughs> so, and now sells vacuum cleaners, does he? Yeah, he even wants to be a goalkeeper in Sweden. He did, yeah, no, he now is a vacuum cleaner. So, but just so. Of the two Villa wins, just lastly on, on Villa here, was that the better one? Do you think, or do you go hot back to no, the? No, I think I, I think we we look at the '96 one as satisfactory. Obviously, mm. you win a trophy, and it was a convincing win. And Savin Milosevic's goal was was a, was a terrific one. Um, you know, he didn't fulfil his promise, and then ended up uh, boot, being booted out of the club after spitting at one of his own fans. Oh, but yeah. um, you know, Milosevic's goal was great, but for a, just for a, 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 a just an enjoyment of the day and as the result and you know just who Man United were as we mentioned earlier and what that meant that that is the big one, the '94 one. 
Cool, good stuff. Um, two more finals that happened before we'll switch to attention to Tottenham at the end of the decade was the 97 final, which Leicester won after extra time over poor old Middlesbrough, of course, lost both finals and got relegated that year. And poor old Janino was crying on the pitch, which we spoke about uh, in the first pod and actually blamed Brian Dean for, for making him cry. So apologies again to that for Brian. Um, it didn't end there for Middlesbrough because they lost the following year as well to Chelsea 2-0 uh, with uh, Sinclair and Di Matteo. And then 1999, the last final of the decade, I'm going to go over to Jack because it was glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur wasn't it it was it was after a, after a barren spell since 91 we, we finally brought a bit of silverware back to White Hart Lane I can remember actually this was a, this was a game that at the time um, I actually listened to on the radio it reminds me of uh, yeah well I, I didn't have Sky didn't have Sky TV at the time and I, I hardly had any mates that even supported Spurs let alone mates that had Sky as well so I remember being sat upstairs listening to every moment of it on the radio and hearing how it unfolded but still even though I was just listening to it, forming uh, uh, probably a lifelong hatred of Robbie Savage <laughs> as a result of it that was cup his final. scuffle with Justin Edinburgh, wasn't it? it? Was that led indeed. to the red card. Yeah. yeah, I mean Justin Edinburgh, he was always a bit of a live wire anyway, wasn't he? I mean you can't really probably fully blame Robbie Savage for that, but he, he did enough throughout the course of the game, Robbie, to uh, that. But yeah, no, you know it was. Uh, I, I can just remember the, the nerves even then setting me up for a lifetime as being a Spurs fan of like you know we sh- we probably should be winning this but you know it's still it's still on the wire um, but coming through with Alan Nilsson with his glorious glorious diving header and what, what are your memories of that um, Tottenham team because that was the George Graham Tottenham team wasn't it which obviously caused controversy when he arrived at the club being an ex-Arsenal man it was more other than Ginola obviously it was more industrial Alan Nielsen kind of summed up that kind of team he was kind of a box to box it wasn't really the top it wasn't the famous five or the, you know the Aussie Ardiles era was it no it was yeah like you say it was all just pretty much it was we were just kind of we were a team we were just a, a generic side that kind of existed that performed the function that, that's kind of what Spurs were for and I, I guess that's where a lot of that kind of like 90s misery comes from because it was like they're Spurs so they're the team that finishes 14th to you know 8th I guess but uh, and it also I guess it stands out that it was one of the few trophies that he who shall not be named won <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah for his boyhood club Absolutely, yeah, George Graham. We well, did a good, yeah, he did a good job as well, George Graham. Um, I'm going to talk about Jamie Nader slightly as well because David Ginola that season, um, he won Player of the Year. Um, despite, I say it all the time, but despite May Nader win the treble, but he was, it was such an astounding year, wasn't it? And that goal against Barnsley. What do you remember? What your is he one of your heroes? Growing up, would he be you saying you're one of your best Spurs 11s, David Ginola? Probably not. I think I think just about now nowadays, if I if I was to be coldly you know, like mechanical about it, I'd say probably Gareth Bale's just taken his place as mm. one of the best players that Spurs have played in that position. But, you know, Ginola, for everything that he brought to the team, like you say, through such a cold kind of era for Spurs, having that kind of star quality about him was just, it was, you know, it was, it was probably that first kind of like crowd kind of pleasing player that we'd had since maybe even Klinsman, yeah. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to leave the... We're, running, we're running out of time already, as we always do on the pod. But um, because he's the, not the neutral here, I'm going to leave the last word to Rob. Of those finals, um, so we're looking at kind of, you know, nine finals there, what one sticks out for you most, if you think 90s League Cup finals? Is it the one that sticks out the most for you? Uh, there's a couple, and it's for, for a couple of reasons. Um, the, I think it was the 1991 where Sheffield Wednesday won and the cup was presented by the Rumblow's Employee of the Year. <laughs> um, for me, 
I never made it as a professional footballer, but if I knew that Jane from Rumblows and Welling was going to give out the trophy, I would have buckled down so much harder. Whatever happened to Rumblows? It's a shame. It's the, the same, same, same way as Radio Rent. Yeah, I did, didn't they? And, the, and you said, you said they would tell you, what's the other one that stands out for you? I think really, um, just Savo Milosevic's goal in the 3-0 win over Leeds was just absolute perler. Fantastic. I mean, being a Millwall fan, not really too keen on Leeds. And so, um, you know, see, see, seeing them get stuffed 3-0 on a scorcher like that. I mean, even Ian Taylor's second was, was pretty good. Well taken on the volley left foot as well. So, um, yeah, I think... I think I think Jane from Rumbelows and Leeds winning 3-0. Jan from Rumbelows, if you're listening, we're, we're, you are very much part of a, a Live and Kicking and an 90s podcast. Well, that's all we've got time for. Unbelievable. Yes, we've run out of time again. Um, thank you, Jack, for Tottenham Memories. Thank you, Rob, and thank you, Villa Fan. And that. Who have you got on the back of that shirt? I just noticed there's someone on the back of it. Go on, stand up. Oh, dear, this will be good. This will be good for a laugh. Ooh. Oh, it's Dion hey. Dublin. Yeah, Mr. Holmes under the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. And on that note, uh, I will bid you farewell. Next week, we'll be talking transfers as it's deadline week. Uh, Uh, So please join us then. Um, But until then, keep it 90s. This podcast is a West 12 Media and Burble Media production.